So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hello and welcome to Pause and Connect. I'm Rebecca Brownwright and this is episode 21 called We Need to Have Realistic Expectations of Our Kids. So I came upon an old note I had written to my oldest child's kindergarten teacher. And in the note, I had asked the teacher to please stop accepting my daughter's work if it had errors. You see, my daughter was writing some of her letters backwards and I knew she knew how to write them the correct way. And so I was baffled as to why her teacher was ignoring this. I, I just can't believe <laughs> that I did that uh, to the, t- the to the poor teacher. The teacher was the expert. Anyway, um, the teacher told me that this was all normal, that even when kids know how to write their letters correctly, they don't always do it consistently as five-year-olds. And so that was kind of news to me. I kind of expected that my five-year-old could do this all the time because she could do it sometimes. But now that I've raised three five-year-olds and I've volunteered in each of their classrooms and I, I have older kids, I have a better perspective. I was expecting too much of my daughter for her age and stage. And that's kind of the way it goes for our oldest kids, unfortunately. We don't really have anything to compare them to, so we tend to expect quite a bit from them. You know, they're walking, talking, eating on their own children, so why can't they remember to clean up their room or put their dish in the dishwasher without a reminder or write their letters the correct way all the time? And and we kind of forget or don't understand that kids can't be consistently on all the time and that they're... That, their behaviors um, are not are not always going to be perfect, right? Um, and I and I know I'm still probably doing this to my oldest child as she arrives at each new stage and each new age, but I think I'm getting better, and that's because I've changed my mindset, and that's what this episode is about. We need to change our mindsets to accept that our kids are going to mess up, to accept that our kids that our expectations for our kids cannot be that they are always doing things the right way. We need to expect that they're going to mess up. We need to remember they're impulsive, they're emotional, they're forgetful. And even though they can often do what's expected of them, that doesn't mean they always will. You know, us adults still struggle with this, right? We're impulsive, emotional, forgetful, and we are inconsistent with the ways we live our lives. Sometimes we can we can remember to we can we can keep our house clean, sometimes we can keep our emotions in check, and sometimes we can't, right? So why would it be any different for our kids? We shouldn't expect our children to always make the right choices, always follow our directions and never make mistakes. And you know, logically we all know this. But then when it it comes down to how to putting it into practice and how we're parenting, we tend to um, tend to still hold our children to higher standards than maybe they need to be held to. Uh, I think it's natural. I think it's really natural, especially when when you have a kid who who is good at certain things, who who can handle their emotions most of the time, and then they don't, and it's it's shocking. Or you look around and you you see their their 
their peers can handle certain things that your child isn't handling. And so you feel like, gosh, like, <laughs> what's wrong with my kid? Why aren't they doing this thing? And so, so that's what this episode is about. How do we keep our kids? How do we have the right expectations for our kids and hold them to the right standards without expecting too much, without expecting too little? Like, how do, how do we do that? Where's the balance? One thing is, uh, I just love Dr. Ross Green. He teaches that kids do well when they can. Kids do well when they can. When I stumbled upon that phrase in his book called The Explosive Child, very good book, I was really struggling as a parent. And you can imagine so because I had been drawn to a book called The Explosive Child. So you can guess what our house was like. Explosive was incredibly accurate for my child, myself, our home. That was the best description for what was going on at the time. My child was difficult to manage. She had explosive emotions and I was truly fearful for our future. So I parented from fear, which made me explosive in response. And I wanted my child to be fixed. That's what I was looking for. And that's why I picked up that book. And then I stumbled on that phrase, children do well when they can. And my whole perspective shifted. It was one of those moments, truly, you know, we don't have a lot of those moments in our lives where we can look back and say, that's where everything changed. But this is one of those times where everything changed after I read that sentence, children do well when they can. I realized my child didn't need to be fixed. My mindset did. I needed to understand that if my child was arguing, defying, forgetting, lying, destroying things, it was because that was the best they could do in that moment. That's pretty key, in that moment, right? Because children do well when they can. So if they aren't doing well in a moment, something is getting in the way. And then it's my job as a parent to see that and then work collaboratively and compassionately to find a solution, to teach my child skills, to nurture whatever part of them is hurting, to improve our relationship, to see my child as someone who is in progress, not someone who already knows what to do and is choosing to do the opposite. You know, I think that's a lot of what, how I viewed children. I viewed that they knew how to do the right thing. And if they didn't, they were choosing not to do it. But that's not the truth. Our children are people in progress. We are people in progress. So I thought my child's crying, whining was used as a manipulation tactic against me. I thought my child was being defiant on purpose. I thought my child yelled and screamed to get their way. But then with the framing of kids do well when they can, it allowed me to accept that kids mess up and they don't always have the tools they need in the moment. Isn't that freeing, that mindset? I really found it to be. So here are seven wonderful results of adopting this mentality that kids are going to mess up, that kids do well when they can, that mentality, the mentality that you don't have to expect perfection. When you have that mentality, these seven wonderful things happen in your relationship, in your parenthood, and in your home. Okay, number one, when you expect that your child will mess up, it's easier to find forgiveness. So our kids do frustrating things. <laughs> it's just a fact of life. And we're human, so we get annoyed by those frustrating things. We get angry. We feel resentment. And all of that is normal. It really is. But of course, it's not enjoyable, right? <laughs> and we don't feel good when we have those feelings and when we act on those feelings. One helpful side effect of adopting the mentality that kids are going to mess up 
and that they're doing as best as they can is that when those angry, resentful feelings wiggle into our space as parents, it's easier to work through them and move on. Because then you know that your child is doing the best they can. You expected them to make a mistake. You expected they might fall apart at some point today. So when they grab a toy from their sibling and throw it across the room, you're already mentally prepared for that scenario. Now, of course, it's not enjoyable. Of course, we might feel resentful and angry and all of that, like all of that is still going to happen and it's still a natural feeling. But the mere fact that you know this is developmentally appropriate, that your child isn't able to access all their skills all the time, and that's actually the way that they're designed to be at this point in their life, when you know that, then that can help you recenter and forgive your child for their frustrating behavior for their pull your hair out behavior. And that's really a beautiful thing when you are able to have that that ability to move on and to to not stay in that place. And again, I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to say, oh, my my kid threw the toy across the room and I I feel wonderful. It's not that. This is not um, some Pollyanna thing. This is reality though. When our kids mess up and we know that they're going to mess up, then we can feel our feelings and we can move on to that place of where we can forgive them and move through it a lot faster and a lot more peacefully. Number two of the things that the wonderful side effects, the wonderful results of adopting this mentality that kids are going to mess up, that kids do well when they can, when we have the right expectations for our kids. Number two is you can problem solve instead of moralize. Now, when I say moralize, I'm talking about how we tend to think our kids are lacking in character when they mess up. For example, maybe they tell a lie. And so then we go to the place where we say, oh, they're so dishonest. Or maybe they won't share their toys. And so then we think of our child as selfish or greedy. So we're assigning moral failings to them. And, you know, I actually have a podcast episode about this. Um, It's about lies. I don't remember the number that it is, but if you go back, you can find it and I will put a link in my show notes as well so you can find it. But anyway, it's it's a good one. But anyway, back to number two, which is you can problem solve instead of moralize. When you know that your child isn't going to make the right decision every time and you know that this is because they're lacking skills to do so, then you don't have to moralize. So you can say kids do well when they can and then you can ask yourself why they aren't doing well in this moment. So why did they lie? Well, they're not, they're not dishonest. They're not a liar. They're struggling in this moment. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they're worried. Why did they not share a toy? Or why, why, do, why do they never share a toy? They're not greedy. They're not selfish. They have a hard time with, with sharing. That's, that's just something that it is. It's, it's a skill they haven't developed yet. Um, maybe, maybe they're having a meltdown. Maybe they have meltdowns regularly. They're not manipulative. Uh, they're not rude. They're not brats. They're not any of those things. Maybe they are struggling with a neurodiverse um, challenge. Maybe they have a learning disorder. Maybe they're hungry, tired, lonely. Maybe they need connection. There's there's so many, so many maybes. Like I can't even go on. Uh, that would be, that would be hours and hours if we went on about all the different things that could be happening. But what's happening is when they're when they're behaving in these negative ways, they're in a situation that is demanding skills they haven't developed yet, or they're not able to access in this moment. And so the point is, when you know that your child is going to make mistakes, you don't 
end up moralizing their behavior. You can problem solve instead because you recognize that they're lacking a skill. So it's not that your child's a dishonest little brat, right? It's okay. My child had a, had a hard time telling the truth right now, and I'm going to find out why. And that's a much better place to be, right? So you can say to yourself, how can I help my child develop this skill? How can I help my child be successful? And that's a whole lot more productive than feeling frustrated and annoyed when you think your child is a brat, selfish, lazy, or any of those things. All right, number three, you can set up the environment to help your child be successful. So when you have this mentality that kids mess up and they're going to mess up every day and you're expecting it and the mentality that kids do well when they can, then you can get a bigger picture of your child. You can learn where there's where they struggle and you can learn where they excel. So then you can take that information and set up your child's environment so that they can be more successful more often. And as you go along, you can teach your child to set up their own environment as well. You know, that's, um, we talked about this in my ADHD episode, we, we do scaffolding. So in the, in the beginning of your child's life, and as they're learning to develop skills, you you do this for them. You set up their environment for them so that they can be successful. And then as you go along, you teach them how to set up the environment and you gradually pull away your supports as they are developing their supports. So um, you can do this when you have that mentality that kids do well when they can. So here's an example. If your child seems to always have a meltdown when you go grocery shopping, instead of moralizing and saying your child is a brat or selfish, you can recognize that something about grocery shopping is difficult for your child. So then at that point, you can get curious and ask what that might be. Okay, is my kid overstimulated? Um, Am I going during nap time or is it snack time? Do I take too long and my kid is bored? Um, And, you know, ask all these questions. Once you figure out what you think the issue is, then you can change how you do grocery shopping. So if they're overstimulated, you can let them wear a hoodie to filter out some of the stimulation or you can change the time you go. Uh, If it's during snack time, you can make sure you you bring a snack. You can get a more organized system so that you go quicker through the store. You can give your child a list of their own so that they're engaged and they're not getting bored. You can go at a time when you don't have to take your kids. You can use grocery pickup. You know, there's there's lots of solutions. And some of these aren't going to work for everybody. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that by having the mentality that kids do well when they can, then you're equipped to make things run more smoothly. You don't have to blame your child for their struggles. You can recognize that their struggles are struggles. And then you can work around them or with them by changing the environment and helping your child be successful. And this isn't coddling your child. Like I said before, this is scaffolding. You're doing this for them. And that's what's happening now. And as they get better at this, you're going to teach them how to do it for themselves. You're going to teach them to to recognize that they do better when they have these types of things set up. And so they can set those things up for themselves in certain ways. Um, This is working with their strengths and weaknesses. This is seeing them for who they are. And you know, it's not going to work perfectly every time. In this example, kids are, sometimes you're just going to have to buckle down and power through a frustrating grocery grocery trip. Like that's just going to have to happen sometimes. But if you recognize their challenges, as a result of knowing that kids do well when they can, then you can work together in more productive, successful ways more more often. And that's what we want. We can't be perfect all the time, but the more often we can make things helpful and successful for everyone in the family, then the better we're going to be more often. (laughs) Okay, number four, when you have that mentality that kids do well when they can, when you're working on 
um, making sure that you're understanding your kids' limitations and recognizing that they're going to mess up. The fourth wonderful thing that happens is you can advocate more effectively at school or with your family. So what I mean by that is one thing about kids is that is that everybody has an opinion on their behavior. Everybody, your neighbor, your mother-in-law, your their, their teacher, the grocery store clerk, everybody has an opinion on children's behavior, uh, whether they're praising them for being quiet at the grocery store or whether they're criticizing you for um, for them running around. It's just it's just the way it is. Um, so and and let's add to if, if you have a neurodiverse child or a child who has learning challenges, then people are actually going to say a lot of negative things about them. So this is the thing. When you know that your child is doing the best that they can, then you can be a better advocate. So when somebody calls your child a brat or when somebody says, I would never let my child do that, like it doesn't have to be something that crushes you or destroys you. And you also don't have to be reliant on the praise of strangers either. Like, like it can be nice to have praise, but like you're not living for that praise because you're more confident at this point. You know better what your kids can and can't do and you're fine with it. So it can be easy to think that your child is in the wrong, especially when people around you are saying that your child is in the wrong or if they're praising your child for good behavior and then your child one day happens to not have good behavior, then you you start to feel like, oh, my child is bad right now. So I remember once when my oldest was three, her dance teacher told me that everyone else in the class was doing what they were supposed to do, but my three-year-old was hanging from the ballet bars, which was a huge no-no. That was a big rule in that in that class. So I was not yet aware of this mentality that children do well when they can, or I didn't even understand the how to have the right expectations for my kids. And so what I did is I blamed my child in my mind. I thought she was so naughty. I moralized it. She's so bad. She's disobedient. She's so naughty. And we had to talk about how she needed to behave better. But really, looking back, I now realize her teacher and I were expecting too much of her. She was the youngest by a year in the class, so she wasn't developmentally capable of following rules in the same way that the other kids could. And she couldn't follow them 100% of the time either. And I'm sure the four-year-olds who were in that class with her also couldn't follow it 100% of the time. Sure, she could follow it most of the time, but this time she slipped and her teacher shamed her. Then I shamed her by having a a stern talk with her. Now, had I known that children do well when they can, I would have been a better advocate. I would have said to the teacher, oh, wow, well, that sounds like typical three-year-old behavior. Do you have any solutions for what to do next time? Because really, that was the teacher's job. If the teacher couldn't deal with a three-year-old who had an occasional impulse to swing on the bar, then the teacher needed to learn that skill, right? And if my child was doing this every single dance class, then we needed to give her some more supports. But we didn't need to shame her. And I'm really, really sad that I did that to her. And I'm sad that I let the teacher do that too. So when my children struggle in school now with behavior or grades or homework or friendships or anything, I say to myself, children do well when they can. And so then if their teacher tries to tell me that my child is lazy or doesn't want to succeed when they're, when they're getting a bad grade, I can confidently respond with, oh, it sounds like my child is struggling. Children do well when they can. How can we help? It's not that my child is lazy. It's not that my child doesn't want to succeed. It's that my child is struggling and the teacher and the parent should be working to help that child be successful. And so I can be a much better advocate 
because I know this phrase, because I know this idea that we need to expect the right things from our children. And if our children are not meeting the expectations, then they're struggling and we need to help them. So this is far more productive and helpful than blaming children for struggling. When you have this mentality that children are going to fall below their expectations sometimes and that they do well when they can. So if they're not doing well, then they're struggling. There's something getting in the way. Then you can advocate effectively when other adults don't understand your kids. And there's going to be a lot of adults who don't understand our kids because this is not a common mentality in the parenting world, in the child world. And that's why you have strangers remarking on your children's behavior because they think it's your doing. They think it's your doing. And so, and so, and they think that children should be good all the time. They think that anytime you see a child, that child should be behaving. So that's why the grocery store clerk or the someone someone in the checkout line compliments your child when they're when they're doing well because because that's what we expect children to do and that's why you get looks and you get stares or someone outright will tell you that you're you're doing things wrong if your child is not behaving because that's not what we expect in society this mentality children do well when they can if everybody understood that then we would be much kinder to each other in public we wouldn't praise children for for being good this one time because that that indicates that when they aren't aren't able to hold it together that they're bad you know we wouldn't we wouldn't have these this this way of of looking at children we wouldn't criticize parents who have children who are running wild we'd we'd say oh that child is struggling right now and the parents would know oh my child is struggling right now and and there'd be all this beautiful support for everyone how can we help the parents help the child you know like there, I just wish that this was this mentality was everywhere instead of, oh, children should should behave because I see them. And so they should be being good because that's the mentality that we have now. I wish instead the mentality could be that everybody understands children do well when they can. So when you see a child not doing well, then, you know, that child or that parent needs support. And that would just be so much better. OK, number five. You can see their limitations and figure out solutions when you have this mentality. So understanding your child's limitations is so helpful. This can be a tricky thing because you don't want to cater to their limitations in a way that stunts their growth, right? You don't want to, you know, if, if they get overwhelmed at the grocery store, I don't know why the grocery store keeps coming up in my mind, but Anyway, if they get overwhelmed at the grocery store, you don't you don't want to be like, well, they're never going to go to a grocery store again, and they're 18 years old and they've never been to a grocery store. You know, like you you do have to to help them with their limitations. And I'm speaking about children who um who I, I'm not, I'm not speaking about children who have very very extreme challenges uh, where where maybe maybe staying away from a grocery store would be the thing that they need to do and they're when they're adults they're going to have help with from people to help them do their grocery shopping etc. Like I'm not talking about children who who um who are going to need a lot of extra help. I I'm talking about children who who can grow and develop and, and overcome these challenges. I hope that makes sense. Um, so anyway, it's helpful to know where the limitations are so that you can then find solutions to help your child either develop coping skills for their limitations 
or overcome their limitations. You know, some limitations they can overcome, some they're not going to overcome, but they can find ways to work around it. So that's why it's important to see their limitations. And that's what happens when you recognize children do well when they can, those limitations become much more clear to you. And so then you can you can help them with those. So for example, let's say that your child keeps spilling their cereal every morning. And let's say you don't understand that kids do well when they can. So you get angry and you punish and it never changes. And you're like, why is this not changing? This is so frustrating. And that's going to stop you from seeing solutions. But if you expect that kids mess up and if you expect that kids do well when they can, then you say, well, why is my kid spilling their cereal every morning? Then you recognize that this is just a blip. It's still frustrating, but it's a shorter frustration. And now you can look at the problem and realize that the cereal bowl is too full. Oh, I pour it too full full every day. Or my kid sits too far back from the table and so they're reaching too far or the spoon is too big. You know, like whatever it is, you can see the solution. So then you can you can start pouring less cereal or scoot your child up closer to the cereal or whatever it is and the problem's going to resolve, okay? Or let's say your kids keep fighting with each other and if you have the, me- the mentality that I was talking about, that we all, we all have this mentality in, in our society anyway, where we think that kids should just behave. That's just what we think. Um, so if you have that mentality, then you're going to be so exasperated at your kids and their behavior because they just keep fighting with each other. And you're, you're going to punish and you're going to be so angry and, and it's just going to be so hard. But when you expect that your kids are going to mess up, you can look at this and realize something's going on. Like maybe they are hungry, maybe they're tired, maybe they need connection with you. Whatever it is, you've recognized their limitations and that led you to solutions. Okay, number six, you will feel less frustrated because it feels less personal when you adopt the mentality that kids do well when they can, when you recognize that kids have limitations. This is a good one. If you're anything like me, you might be someone who takes your kid's behavior personally. You know, like if they're disobeying, it can feel like they're doing it to make you mad. If they keep forgetting their backpack at school, it can feel like they're doing it to make your life hard. If they're arguing with you, that that just feels so personal. But when you recognize that kids have limitations, that kids mess up, and that they do well when they can, you realize that their disobedience, their forgetfulness, their arguing isn't personal. They're not doing it to you. They're doing it because it's the best they can do in this moment. And when you don't feel personally attacked, you feel more in control of your emotions. Now, I want to be clear that your emotions are all valid, even when you're frustrated. And this kind of behavior is frustrating. But controlling your emotions is easier when you recognize that your child is not giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. Number seven, you can apply this to yourself too this mentality of kids do well when they can, you can apply that to you. Because when you expect your kids to mess up, you learn to give them grace. When you recognize that they're doing the best they can in that moment, you're giving them grace. And then you learn to give yourself grace too, because you expect yourself to mess up. Expecting yourself to make mistakes makes those mistakes less shameful when they happen. Because after all, you knew it could happen. It makes it easier to move on and learn from those mistakes. By recognizing that your children will mess up, you're also learning to be easier on yourself when you mess up because you're getting all that practice forgiving someone else all day long. So then you can turn that forgiveness to you. Okay, I hope this has been helpful to you. Today, to put this into practice, choose a phrase to repeat in your mind when you're frustrated with your child. Try one of these three. Kids do well when they can. Or, oh, I expected mistakes. 
or my child is not giving me a hard time. My child is having a hard time. I'll say those three again. Kids do well when they can, or, oh, I expected mistakes, or my child is not giving me a hard time. My child is having a hard time. I'd love to know if this is helpful to you. So please send me a DM on Instagram, tag me in a post or a story, or leave a review on your podcast app. Those are really, really helpful for podcasters. So I'd love that. And I want you to know that I teach how to implement this mindset along with four other important approaches in my course, How to Stop Yelling. It's perfect for helping you make the improvements you want to make. Have a wonderful day and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.